thought this morning would be a good opportunity for us to have a little bit of a reset in our sermon series through the book of Proverbs. We're right at the halfway point uh, in this series. We're going to be wrapping up uh, Proverbs at the end of this year. And so I think it would be good for us just to kind of look back and reflect on the various subjects that we've considered so far and kind of see how we're doing. As I mentioned when we started this series, Proverbs has something to teach all of us. All of us in this room uh, have areas in our life in which we need to grow in our wisdom and in our obedience to God and His ways. And this book covers such a wide variety of subjects that at some point, it's going to make all of us uncomfortable. And I think for honest, uh, all of us at some points in this series probably can say, yes, I felt uh, pretty uncomfortable. It was addressing an area of my life uh, where I'm not living according to the wise ways that Proverbs calls us to. And so to recap, the subjects we've covered so far, I'm going to read through this list of the ones that we've looked at and think back in your mind about which ones kind of hit you the hardest. Uh, which ones you feel like, yeah, I probably need to focus on those and uh, do some work in my own life. So here they are in no particular order. Uh, we talked about anger. We talked about envy, uh, friendship, responding to difficult people. We talked about pride, uh, relationships, how to think, uh, putting God first, stewarding influence, how we use our words. We talked about wine. We talked about wisdom sowing discord, masculinity and femininity, and laziness. We've got about 14 more subjects to cover before, we've done, before we're done with Proverbs, but those are the ones we've looked at so far. And so maybe think in your mind again, uh, which one of those do you need to work on the most? And for everyone in the room, the answer is probably different. But think through those sermons, those studies that we've looked at, and ask yourself, what's the one or two that I really need to change in my day-to-day -day living? And just keep those in the back of your mind uh, as we go through the sermon today, because this morning we're going to be talking about being teachable. Uh, this is one of the main recurring themes in the book of Proverbs, is this idea of not getting stuck with the way that you are, but always seeking to learn and change and grow as a follower of God, learning more and more what it means to live according to his principles. And my concern in this series through the book of Proverbs is that it's, it's easy for us to consider these subjects sort of abstractly, uh, without really applying what we're learning to our day-to-day -day living, without letting the book change us and make us more the kinds of wise people that God intends for us to become. And so this is where we're headed this morning, seeing what the book of Proverbs has to teach us about remaining teachable. To begin with then, Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 12, will give us kind of the proper mindset that we should have as we approach this subject. So Proverbs 9, beginning with verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple... Let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live, and walk in the way of insight. So wisdom here is said to have built a house and established it. Obviously, this is a metaphor here. This great feast, this banquet that wisdom uh, creates and, and invites anyone who is simple to come and enjoy the food. 
So the idea here is that by following the teachings of wisdom laid out for us in this book of Proverbs, that leads to a life of blessing and abundance. The invitation to the feast goes out to all of the simple ones. And remember, that's how we all start off in life. All of us are born simple. We have the opportunity to leave our simple ways and learn wisdom. And by walking in the way of insight or wisdom, we find true life. Uh, You notice that there in verse 6, it says, Leave your simple ways and live. So life as God intended it, a true, rich, abundant life, that is offered to us by wisdom. Wisdom is calling out to all of us to come and feast, to enjoy the blessing of God that comes from following his ways of wisdom. And notice how we accept the invitation. It's not merely enough to read wise teachings in Proverbs and hear them and think maybe intellectually, sure, I agree with that. I think that that's wise. No, true growth in wisdom, truly accepting the invitation offered to you, begins by what verse 6 says. Leave your simple ways and walk in the way of insight, meaning make the necessary changes in your life. Don't let the words of wisdom in the book of Proverbs simply go in one ear and out the other. If you want the blessings of the feast, you have to come and actually participate. And so, again, I ask each of us to consider, what is the area or two in your life uh, that Proverbs is calling out to you to change? And the question that is before each of us is, will we actually make those changes or not? Will we leave our simple ways and begin walking in the way of insight? Because the book of Proverbs will do us no good if we simply hear and learn the teachings of wisdom and we keep walking as we've always walked. Verse 7, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. So now there's a sudden shift in the passage. Wisdom is offering this uh, blessed and abundant life to all of the simple ones, inviting us as as to an elaborate feast. And apparently, some people scoff at this invitation. We're going to talk more about the scoffer in a minute, but note the contrast between the scoffer and the wise man. The scoffer reacts with anger to correction and reproof. He hates the one offering him wisdom. Whereas the wise man loves wisdom. He recognizes the value of the correction and he benefits from it. Verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. I don't know about you, but that's a goal that I would like to have. I'd like to be that kind of person to where someone gives me instruction and I become even wiser. Someone teaches me and I increase in learning. We all should want to have this mindset, growing wiser every day, being teachable, being able to receive instruction in such a way that we increase in our wisdom. And that's, that's the goal of the sermon today. Verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. 
Wisdom will benefit you if you choose to receive it. If you walk in the path of wisdom, you yourself will enjoy its blessings. That's what it means there in verse 12 when it says, if you are wise, you're wise for yourself, meaning it is to your own benefit to follow the principles of wisdom that are offered in this book. If you hear the instructions of Proverbs and decide, you know what, I'm going to start living that out. I'm going to make the necessary changes in my life and begin walking in this path of wisdom, you will experience the blessing and fulfillment that comes along with that life. And likewise, if you scoff at wisdom, if you choose to reject it, Proverbs 9.12 says, you alone will suffer for it. And so the choice is yours. And it's a choice that all of us make every single day. So right here in the ninth chapter of Proverbs, there's this very clear binary choice laid out to the reader. We're eight chapters in, and so Solomon has already at this point given us a lot of wisdom to the reader of Proverbs. And just like we're doing in this sermon, Solomon, partway through the book of Proverbs, pauses here to urge the reader of this book to a response. There's an invitation and a choice that must be made. You can either accept the invitation of wisdom, which is calling out to you to walk in the way of insight and find abundant life full of God's blessing, or you can choose to scoff at wisdom and go on about your foolish ways. But there's no third option here. It's a fork in the road, and we either go to the right or to the left. Now, let's talk briefly about the scoffer. Uh, the scoffer, we've mentioned this before in, in the past, but the scoffer is the lowest level of foolishness in Proverbs. So some people are simple. That just means you don't know very much. You make poor choices. You may say some dumb things, do some dumb things, but it's not really intentional. It's not stubborn. You're just ignorant. And again, all of us start off in life simple. And perhaps if you were not taught well the ways of wisdom from godly parents or teachers uh, in your life, you may still be simple, and that may not entirely be your fault. Wisdom has to be taught to us. We aren't born with it inherently. Other people are foolish. These are the ones who don't learn from things as they should. They repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again. They don't seek wisdom, and so that's the fool. Scoffers are even worse. There is no hope for a scoffer because he will not listen to wisdom. Uh, he is stubborn in his foolishness. He is unteachable. He is arrogant. He thinks that he knows everything and he will not listen to the wisdom that is offered to him from others. And Proverbs has nothing good to say about scoffers. Proverbs 21 verse 24 says, Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. This is the attitude that you and I must actively seek to avoid as we continue to study this book of Proverbs. A scoffing attitude will prevent us from ever growing in wisdom, from ever experiencing all of the blessings of life as God intended us to enjoy. Uh, chapter 19, verse 29 says, Condemnation is ready for scoffers and beating for the back of fools. No one is more strongly spoken against in the book of Proverbs than the scoffer, even more than a simple fool. Wise people seek to learn Fools don't listen. Scoffers actually mock wisdom and they oppose it actively. And so our aim is to avoid this scoffing attitude and instead be wise people who can receive wisdom and become wiser, who can continually learn and grow in our wisdom. 
people who remain teachable, ever seeking to learn and apply the wisdom that is offered to us more and more in our daily lives. To that end, then, recognizing the danger of scoffing at wisdom and recognizing the blessings that are offered to those who follow the path of wisdom provided to us here in Proverbs, here are eight very simple, practical ways that we can be teachable. All of these are very practical steps that each of us can take to develop an attitude of the wise and to avoid the scoffing response to wisdom. Number one, stop thinking of yourself as wise. This is a concept that we've seen repeated many times in the book of Proverbs, that we all need an awareness of the fact that we don't know everything, that we have much to learn. And Proverbs always speaks negatively of the person who is wise in their own eyes, because if you think that you've got it all figured out, uh, you won't be seeking to grow in wisdom. And so the first step in being teachable is simply taking the posture of a student, recognizing I don't know everything. I need to learn. I need to gain wisdom from outside sources. Proverbs 28 verse 26 says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. You can either live life according to your own intelligence and be a fool or you can learn from the knowledge that is passed down through the ages, ultimately from God himself, the source of true wisdom. But you will never acquire that kind of wisdom from looking internally. It's not within you. You'll never reach a final plateau in the quest for wisdom. There's always more for you to learn. There's always more ways to grow and become wiser, more ways to practically live out the principles of wisdom offered to us in the book of Proverbs. And so remaining teachable begins by rejecting the idea that I've already arrived, that I'm already wise. Secondly, actively seek after wisdom. What actions are you taking to acquire wisdom? What, just very practically, what, what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? What kind of influences are in your life that you're inviting to help you to become wise? If you're not doing anything to try and learn wisdom, it's not going to happen by accident. Proverbs 23 verse 12 says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Those are actions that we are to take. It's not simply uh, sit back and Notice whenever something wise is said. No, we're supposed to actually be seeking after these things. Uh, we've read elsewhere in Proverbs that we're supposed to seek out wisdom and search for it like hidden treasure. How are you doing with that? How committed are you to the pursuit of wisdom? I think maybe over this last uh, month, what are some ways that you've sought after wisdom? How are you applying your heart to instruction? So actively seek after wisdom. Number three, listen when others speak. If wisdom comes from outside of myself, if I have things to learn from other people, then it follows that I will never learn what they have to teach me if I fail to listen. So being teachable means actually listening when other people are speaking, seeing if there's something that they could be saying that could be instructive for me. Proverbs 18, verse 2. <clears throat> A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. 
The epitome of folly is to speak often and never want to listen. And this is the logical step based on the previous points we've looked at. If I don't consider myself to be wise, I recognize my need to learn from outside of myself to gain wisdom from others, then it follows that I would be more interested in hearing what others have to say than expressing my own thoughts all the time. And so being teachable means listening to others, paying enough attention to what they're saying that you'll recognize when they say something wise that you need to consider. And by the way, I think this is true regardless of who's talking. Listen and pay attention to everyone. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything they say or do everything that they say, but pretty much everyone has something to teach you if you're willing to listen. Now, there was a man, I won't mention the name, that I have very little respect for, but he said something that stuck with me. He used to say often, every man is my teacher. And despite my many disagreements with him on other issues, he taught me something with that statement. I have something to learn from everyone. Now, someone might be wrong about 90% of the things they say. I might be smarter than that person in a lot of ways, but almost always there's something I could learn from them if I paid attention enough. Everyone has something to teach me, and so being teachable means listening carefully. A very practical way to do this, when you're in a conversation, actually try to understand what the other person is saying instead of just thinking of what you're going to say in response. That's how a lot of conversations work, right? We're talking and really we're just waiting for them to stop so we can say uh, what we want to say next. That is the attitude of the fool. Number four, Don't immediately dismiss criticism. This is a big one. For many of us, our natural response to criticism or correction is to become defensive. But adopting this attitude will prevent you from learning much of what you need to learn and correcting the areas of your life in which you're living foolishly. Others often see things that you won't. We all have blind spots. You need someone to come along in your life And point them out. And so the next time that someone criticizes you, instead of responding immediately, just stop yourself, listen, and consider if they might have a point. Don't have a dismissive or argumentative spirit towards the rebuke. Uh, There are many Proverbs that we could look at on this point. Here are just a few. Proverbs 13, verse 1. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 31. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Let those words sink in. Reproof can be life-giving, according to verse 31, if it's received, because it can lead you to the path of wisdom if you'll listen and respond properly, whereas ignoring instruction will only hurt you. The one who ignores instruction despises himself. You'll never correct the areas of your life where you're out of balance if you reject anyone who's trying to correct you. Here are the two opposite responses to a rebuke. One is the scoffer. The other is the teachable person who is well on his way to being wise. First, the scoffer, chapter 29 of Proverbs, verse 1 says, He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Uh, Note that first part, he who is often 
reproved. If you're regularly hearing from multiple people the same criticism, the same rebuke, you really ought to stop and consider if you are wrong, if you need to make a change in your life. Don't stubbornly stiffen your neck and resist those who are trying to help you to grow. So that's the wrong response to correction. Here's the right response. Chapter 17, verse 10. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. In other words, let it sink in. When someone offers you criticism or correction, regardless of who they are or what they're saying or really even what their motive is, the wise person stops and ponders it. Don't quickly dismiss the idea. A wise person is one who has learned the value of correction and rebuke from others. Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Bet you didn't know that word was in the Bible. Uh, Instead of getting upset when someone tries to correct you, learn to love rebukes. Invite them. Find someone you know and trust and consider be wise and ask them for any constructive criticisms that they might have for you. Proverbs 15, verse 12, a scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. The implication being, if you're not a scoffer, go to the wise. Seek out their wisdom by inviting them to correct you and teach you and point out areas of your life that need work. And so here, we're not just talking about receiving a rebuke or a criticism well. We're talking about actually seeking it out. I want to find wise people and ask them for guidance. Uh, Show me the areas of my weakness, the areas that I'm blind to. If you dismiss those who are trying to teach or correct you, you'll never progress past the point you are now. And so being teachable means listening and learning from those who are correcting you. Now, not all rebukes or all corrections should be heeded. Sometimes the person rebuking you may in fact be wrong. But if a criticism is repeated to you often, or if it's coming from someone that you consider to be wise, those words ought to sink in deeply. You should carefully consider if they might have a point. One more on this, chapter 25, verse 12. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. There's great value in reproof given from a wise person to a listening ear. And in terms of being teachable, your job is to find those wise people and develop a listening ear to their reproof. Let outside voices correct you when you're wrong. Let others point out flaws in your life that are obvious to everyone except for you. And so learn to listen and receive rebukes well. Number five, listen to advice and carefully consider it. This goes right along with uh, what we've seen already, but Not being wise in my own eyes means that I recognize my way may not be the best way. And so listen to advice and carefully consider it. Proverbs 12, verse 15, very simply says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. That's pretty straightforward. Foolish people are those who are wise in their own eyes. They have no need to hear anything from anyone else, but a wise person knows that he doesn't know. He's willing to listen. Wise people remain hungry for knowledge, 
They don't think they're the smartest person in the room. They're always looking to learn and to grow. Uh, Chapter 13, verse 10, By insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. Pride or insolence will keep you from listening to advice from others. And so learn to recognize that pride as it's rising up in you and squash it. Just like with criticism, learn to at least reflect on the, inv- on the advice that you're given instead of dismissing it quickly. Proverbs 19 verse 20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Uh, here's a really unspiritual example of this principle in my life. Uh, there's a little Ace Hardware store right next to my house. And I uh, went over there last spring to replace a water spigot that had burst during the winter. I uh, turned on the garden hose and, you know, water was spewing out all in the walls of my house. And so I knew something was wrong. Took it out. There's a big gash in the side of it where the uh, water had frozen and the pipe burst. Anyway, I go to the hardware store to replace it by a new one. And there was a guy there who happened to uh, kind of just stop me and explain exactly what happened. He saw, you know, me holding this, this thing that very clearly had burst. And he really knew his stuff. Uh, he didn't work there or anything, but he just saw me there and said, you left the hose attached to the spigot all winter, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. And so he kind of showed me the different parts of it and how uh, there's this little vapor block on top of it. And if you leave the hose uh, off, if you unscrew it, the water will drip out when it gets cold and it won't burst. And so I immediately put in my phone a reminder for the fall, you know, disconnect hose outside. And we'll see if his advice was good or not. I'll give you an update next spring. Uh, But that's a small matter. That's not overly significant. But I think all of us should get into the habit of that kind of thing. In other words, recognize when someone speaking to you knows more than you about something and try to learn from them. Again, that's a very unspiritual example, but there are many in life like that. Almost everyone that you meet knows more than you about something. Now, again, this doesn't mean uncritically following all advice. You need some discernment to recognize whether someone is giving you wise or foolish advice. But the point here is that you need advice sometimes. You need to look for people who know more than you and can help you make wise decisions in the future. Number six, learn from observation. Part of being teachable is learning from life's experiences and the things that you witness every day. This includes learning from the lives of others, including their mistakes. Proverbs 19, verse 25. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will learn prudence. Reprove a man of understanding, and he will gain knowledge. Again, in chapter 21, similarly, when a scoffer is punished, the simple becomes wise. So when scoffers are punished, the simple learns wisdom. In other words, you have an opportunity to learn from the mistakes of others. You don't have to make every mistake yourself. Look at the lives of other people and see the results of their choices. One really good example of this was from last Sunday's sermon, uh, Proverbs 24, verse 30 and following. We read this, uh, but let's just go through it quickly here. It says, I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. So get the picture here. The author of this chapter is walking by the field of someone he knows to be lazy and foolish. And verse 31, Behold, it was overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked 
and received instruction. Now, that's the key verse for our consideration today. This man is walking down the street. He sees a field. He stops by and looks at it for a while and just thinks about it. He's looking at it for a minute, and he learns something from his observation. He sees the field. He sees the wall broken down. He considers it, and it says he received instruction from that observation. And here's what he learns, verse 33 and following. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So part of having a teachable attitude is growing to be an observant person, learning from what's right in front of you. Many examples of this sort of thing where you can learn from careful observation, learning from the lives of others and things that are just right in front of you. But here's uh, just one more section, Proverbs 30, verse 24. Four things on earth are small, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they provide their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a people not mighty, yet they make their homes in the cliffs. The locusts have no king, yet all of them march in rank. The lizard you can take in your hands, yet it is in king's palaces. Three things are stately in their tread, four are stately in their stride. The lion, which is mightiest among beasts and does not turn back before any. The strutting rooster, the he-goat, and a king whose army is with him. We're not going to take the time to dissect all of those and what he's saying there, but the point is, this author here is learning from things that he is observing, even among animals. He's learning certain principles of wisdom. And so we learn from observation. Number seven, learn from your own life experience. Again, this is a lot of what separates the wise from the foolish. Fools don't learn the lessons of their own life. They repeat the same mistakes over and over again. They never make changes based on how things have worked out for them in the past. Rather, they blame others. They blame situations. They blame people in their lives for their misfortune. Rather than taking a look in the mirror and learning from their life experiences and failures. Proverbs 26, verse 11. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. So learn from your own mistakes. Learn from your own failures. This is part of what makes a fool a fool rather than just simple. Again, Proverbs makes very clear throughout the entirety of the book that the simple can become wise. Foolish people keep falling into the same traps and never learning their lesson. Chapter 27, verse 22. Crush a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his folly will not depart from him. Quite a vivid image there. Fools cling to their folly. They never learn. No matter what happens to them, they persist in their ways because they're wise in their own eyes. Being teachable means learning from every experience of your life. The older you get, the more wise you ought to be becoming, and yet that's not always the case because some of us just don't learn very well from the experiences of our life. Last point, number eight, Spend your life studying Scripture. This was alluded to in Proverbs 9. But God is the ultimate source of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is learning to fear the Lord. Learning uh, knowledge of the Holy One. That is insight. And so it follows then that spending your life reading and meditating on Scripture will lead you to learn and grow in true wisdom. Because the more you get to know God, the more you get to know his principles and his ways, 
the more you know how to live your own life. Proverbs 28, verse 9, If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. God's blessing will never come to one who turns away his ears from hearing the law of God. Growing in wisdom means immersing your mind in his word until you begin to think as God thinks. You evaluate yourself and your life the way that God does. And from that place, you can begin to make decisions as he would have you to. And that's ultimately what living a wise life is. As you've seen in so many of these areas of wisdom, Jesus is our supreme example. He is the wisdom of God who lived among us. And even in this area, Jesus provided us a pattern to follow. And you might think at first, well, that's not really possible. Uh, Why would Jesus need to be teachable? What does Jesus need to learn? Didn't he know everything? Wasn't he God? And although this is a mystery, Scripture clearly teaches that when the Son of God took on human flesh, he had to grow. He had to learn as a human. He wasn't born speaking fluent Aramaic and having the entire Bible memorized. He was born as a baby. He was born perfect and sinless, God in a human body, and yet in the incarnation, he took on human weaknesses. He was born as an infant and had to learn and grow in wisdom, which means that even Jesus had to be teachable. Luke chapter 2 records an event that took place when Jesus was 12 years old. Verse 41 begins, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. When the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, and notice what he's doing, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Here is 12-year-old Jesus seeking to learn, sitting among the teachers of the Old Testament law, listening to them, asking them questions, displaying a teachable attitude. In verse 52 of the same chapter, we read that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, again, I don't fully understand how that works, but God, when he became a man, had to learn. Jesus modeled for us what it means to be teachable, to be seeking after wisdom, studying scripture. You see this all throughout his life. In the temptation narrative, Jesus quotes scripture. On the cross, at the very end of his life, Jesus quotes scripture. His teachings often contain quotations of the Hebrew Old Testament. He clearly spent his life immersed in these texts, seeking to learn and to grow in the wisdom of God's word. He also observed things from the world around him. So many of his parables are filled with everyday observations about farming or animals or trees or whatever. And he learned from his own life experience. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, notice, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And so once again, 
Jesus is our perfect and supreme example of wisdom. He is the wisdom of God who walked among us and set for us the example that we are to follow in being teachable. And so as we close this morning, let me invite you once again to consider the topics that we've studied so far throughout the book of Proverbs. And again, I'll ask you to think specifically, which one of those areas, maybe one or two, in your life do you need to make some changes? Anger, envy, friendship, pride, putting God first, responding to difficult people, stewarding influence, relationships, words, wine, wisdom, sowing discord, masculinity, femininity, or laziness. What areas of weakness is Proverbs trying to urge you to grow in? And ultimately, the question is, what are you going to do about it? Proverbs 9 makes clear that each of us must choose what to do with the wisdom that is offered to us. Wisdom is calling out to us, inviting us to enjoy a life of God's blessing. We can scoff at the instruction of Proverbs, and we alone will bear the results of that choice. Or we can choose to come into the house. We can join the feast, the celebration. We can enjoy the blessings and the benefits offered to us if we choose to leave our simple ways behind and begin to walk in the way of wisdom. Let's pray together.